Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Very exciting this week. It's an all-Scottish affair. Let's call it an affair. It's Aberdeen v Hibs. We have Ali Ross, the Suns TV reviewer. Hello, Ali. Hi, right, Charlie. How Good are you? To see All right. You. Yeah, looking forward to it. Chapman and Wah. Hi, Mun. Where's your favourite place in Scotland, Ali? Favourite place in Scotland, genuinely, mm. Edinburgh. Is it? Yeah. The, the <laughs> Easter Road. <laughs> Apart from there. <laughs> <laughs> we have James Brown. Obviously, hello, James. You're here, team captain. Hi. Representing Aberdeen. You ever been to Aberdeen? I have been to Aberdeen, the Granite City. Actually, and I went to a venue called The Venue. Yeah. Is that oh, right? Well, yeah, yeah. In a hotel, I've just remembered. What should we call I've this been... venue? <laughs> it's called oh. The Venue. I've been twice to Aberdeen. <laughs> I was selling T-shirts yeah. for a band when I was about 17. Which band? They were called The Three Johns mm. from Leeds. So fair ground attraction at The Venue. It was a good gig. Did you? They were yeah. good. good. When they were number one. And the other side playing for Hibs is Natalie Sawyer. Hello, Hello. Natalie. And with her is Hibs' own Dougie Anderson. Hello, yeah. Dougie. Try to be representing Hibs. On the subject of podcasts, I think you have one of my favourite quotes on podcasts, which, well, over to you. What, what's, the, what's the quote? In London, you're never more than three feet from a podcast, <laughs> which is uh, beautiful. Good fun, isn't it? OK, here's the Glory Hunters podcast. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that takes a binary approach to football fandom. Our guests are given the opportunity to represent the team they've always supported in a contest that's a cauldron of conflict. But whose green shoots will flourish in the heat? And who will wither on the vine? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. This week sees an all-Scottish affair as Aberdeen take on Hibs. Representing Aberdeen is the Suns TV reviewer Ali Ross, who's alongside team captain James Brown, and on the team sheet for Hibs, it's a welcome return to broadcaster Dougie Anderson, who's with team captain Natalie Sawyer. James Brown, have you ever had a favourite Scottish team? Yeah, growing up. Gr- growing up, yeah. yeah. Leeds United. Oh. Eddie Gray, Joe uh, Jordan, uh, Peter Lorimer, David okay. Harvey, David Stewart, Frank yeah. Gray. 74 World Cup, half of that Scottish team played for Leeds. Um, Aberdeen, Ali, how's their season going? I haven't really checked recently, unfortunately. I probably should have It's all checked. right. We're there or thereabouts. Yeah. What's a good season for Aberdeen? Second. OK. I'd like to split the uh, gruesome twosome. When did you last time. come second? Two years ago. Oh, pretty good. Yeah. You thought it was longer, didn't you? Yeah, you're I about, did. You're about fourth now. Yeah, we're exactly fourth. I've got a soft okay. spot for Aberdeen. Just ahead of Hibs. Because they always had Willie Miller, who I liked as a sticker in the Panini albums. He was yeah. always a good sticker to get in the Panini is, is that who you base your moustache on? That's who it is, yeah, yeah. That and laziness. And Dougie Anderson, mm. huge Hibs fan, Dougie. Yes, sadly. So, oh, sadly. As, well, you know, as, as we know, it's a tough life. Yeah. The most, my first Hibs game I went to was against Aberdeen, though, in 1983, against Ferguson's famous Aberdeen. Oh, yes. And we won 2-1. Did you? I think it was Willie Irvin scored the winner, but I don't need to tell you that, obviously. I knew that. And, um, <laughs> and the first time I went to Hamden was to see Hibs against Aberdeen in the League Cup final in 85. Got tanned 3-0 by, again, Ferguson's last trophy that he won, actually, before coming down south. Was no. that one? Oh, no, it was in the Scottish oh. Cup, the same season. 86. 86. Same season, then. Same season. Yeah. yeah, that was my favourite cup final that Aberdeen were ever in, actually. Beat Hearts 3 nothing. It's difficult talking about Hibs Hearts at the moment because we lost the Derby last I know you lost the Derby one at home. It should never happen. And, and now we've got them in the semi-final at Hamden and I'm starting to feel a wee bit nervous about that's that. That's a big game. That's a big game. Yeah, the last two times we've played them at Hamden, it's gone about as badly as it could have done. 
So I'm not feeling too good about it, if I can be brutally oh. honest. Okay. Uh, but I wanted to try and bring an air of positivity to yeah, the show. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, let's not be too doer. No, <laughs> or, or indeed doer. Thank you. You invited two Scottish people. I know. People. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's raining already. Um, <laughs> right, Natalie, do you have a Scottish team? I don't. Any no. links to Scotland at all? Well, we talked about it before when my grandmother was a McGregor. Of course, yeah. Uh, but Where was she from? Well, this is it. She was born in London, but uh, oh. she was was a McGregor, so we must have some Scottish roots there. Something there, maybe yes. you should look back in your DNA and find a Scottish Try to team. do it. Doesn't I can't go back that far with um, my with my father's mother's side. There's a brilliant football book think. as well called uh, Pointless by East Sterling. The year they, they I think they got two points in the whole season. I've seen them play. Have you I've been to an East Sterling show match when they still played at Furs Park, wasn't it in in Falkirk? Mm. So whenever you hear people going, "Oh, it's the big derby, Sterling Albion is East Sterling," rubbish. Ah. <laughs> Alan McAnally was there. Was he? What yeah. was he doing there? And he got dogs abuse. We were oh. some Hibs fans, but we knew a guy who was playing for East Stirling. And my endearing memory of that game was my friend had a hat. It was kind of a woolly hat. And it had a strap in it, and it broke. And one of our other friends said, oh, you can get that fixed at your local bric-a-brac shop, <laughs> as if they were ten a penny. And that's my abiding memory of that game. And um, which club would you compare Hibs to at the moment in, in the Premier League? Uh, club with uh, club of big traditions, an important club. Club yep. that haven't really won as much as they should have done. Probably Tottenham. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. What about Aberdeen, Alex? Yeah, Norwich City. Oh, really? It's, it's the a livestock thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! So the scene is set for Aberdeen v Hibs. To see all kick off, we start with a clip of Steve McLaren and a textbook example of how to use the weather as a metaphor in a post-match interview. Yeah, we. Uh... We're having no luck, and uh, everything seems to be against us. Uh, Murphy's Law? Murphy's Law, middle of a storm, and we're in the eye of it. And, um, yeah, we have to uh, we have to keep going on. Paddle, get through this storm. It will uh, it will end, and uh, we thought it would end tonight. It hasn't. We've got to make sure that it ends next week. I don't want to be too negative, but in a storm you can get out. Sometimes people, well, they drown. That's exactly right. And uh, those who drown, then uh, they don't deserve to stay on the ship. And uh, I've said, we stay on the boat, we stay together, we keep fighting, we keep working. Steve McLaren really drilling deep on that <laughs> metaphor there. Now, here's the question. Steve McLaren was England manager from August 2006 to November 2007. Can you tell me, in percentage terms, what his win rate was as England boss? Now, it's sealed bid, so while both teams confer, here's a short musical interlude. Right, the answers are in, the guesses are in. Let's go first to Ali and to James, who have said 63%, a 63% win rate for Steve McLaren as England boss. James wanted to go a lot lower. I think, a lot lower. I think 49. You think 49%, yeah. James? Well, you've gone in at 63%. Yeah, yeah. You've gone with Ali Ross. Here we go. Natalie and Dougie, you have said 60%. Yeah. Lower. The answer is 50%. Oh, Dissension in the ranks. Hadrian's yeah, yeah. Wall Shit. being built as we speak. managers, <laughs> actually, <laughs> <laughs> Even your favourite managers of your clubs invariably don't have that higher... Because you, yeah. it's one, well, you should have said there's this only to three Alex. results you can get. Yeah. Okay, I, I take you at face value. It's <laughs> England going about how great they are, and I just believe it. I love it that the, in the Scottish special, the first question was about the England manager. It's fantastic. Anyway, that means <laughs> Hibs. <He's a> McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> that means Hibs. You will kick off next as both teams try and convince me that they are the biggest here today, as we do this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Yes, we want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They're free to employ any reasoning they wish. This isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Dougie, mm. you're going to go mm. first and your 30 seconds starts now. Sir Isaac Newton, Mahatma Gandhi, Emmeline Pankhurst, Rosa Parks. <laughs> All important pioneers and trailblazers add to that list, Hibernian FC. <laughs> First Scottish and British team to play in the European Cup got to the semi-finals. First team to play in the green and white hoops long before Celtic or Sporting Lisbon. 
but the design classic now of the green body with white sleeves is a beauty as we all know. Um, first British team to play at the Maracanã Stadium. We're talking global here, but hips transcend football by way of popular culture. The film that changed the landscape of the 90s cinema-wise was of course Trainspotting, written by a hippie, contains a cast of hippies. T2 Trainspotting, likewise. Sunshine Underneath, the play, the film, the song, a modern day football anthem par excellence. The most critically acclaimed TV show in the world right now, HBO's Succession. Logan Roy, as protagonist, is a Hibs fan. We're talking worldwide brand recognition. <laughs> there is even a commercial with ET in a Hibs top. That's right, we've moved from the global earth and we've gone into the cosmos. Now, Aberdeen. Aberdeen will bang on about winning the Cup Winners' Cup, but it's a defunct competition and there's only there's only just like many forgettable teams with Aberdeen, like Dynamo Tbilisi and Mechelen of Belgium who won that thing as well. <laughs> Let's not even get started on the Super Cup. The Super Cup, a Diddy, also defunct competition. That's just one letter shy, one letter shy of being called the Supper Cup. <laughs> By the time Aberdeen fancied themselves in the early 80s, Hibs had already beaten the likes of Liverpool, Barcelona and Napoli in Europe. It was passé. What were Aberdeen fans doing at that point? I'll tell you, they were counting down the days until Annie Lennox got a record contract. <laughs> Hibs are trailblazers. Hibs are culture. Hibs are important. It's fantastic. Well, I think if there's anyone who can go up against it, it's you, Ali Ross. Can you please tell us why Aberdeen are a bigger club than Hibernian? I want to include you in this, Dougie. Can I ask you, how did you get on last weekend? My short-term memory can't go into that. <laughs> Would you like me to remind you? Are you talking football-wise or yes. romantically? Because <laughs> I, I have to say, it was a, it was a highly scored draw. <laughs> sure, I was talking football. I want to talk romantically now. <laughs> you played Aberdeen. Yeah, we did, we did. Yeah, yeah we did. 3-1? Yeah, lost to Aberdeen. Don't care, don't care. And... In the table now. Mm. Where are Hibs? I'm sure you're going to tell me. <laughs> Sixth? Yeah. See, Aberdeen? Uh, hold on, are you Fourth? talking about the, the Scottish hey, League table? Hey, the interactive Because I'm a more of a global <laughs> guy, you know, looking up at the stars as well, like Oscar Wilde, you know, up there with E.T. in his hip stop looking down at the dandies. <laughs> I was in Sunshine on Leaf. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was guy in the background. Oh, I like that. Well Just done. by the National Gallery. Um, Hibs. It's a bit low on uh, trophies there. They got to the semi-final of a European Cup, lost. Played in the Maracanã. I'm going to assume you lost that as well. Yeah. Say, before the last time Hibs won the Cup, 1902, Ooh. Geronimo was still alive. <laughs> but really, defunct trophies, you haven't even won them. We've won two defunct trophies. There we are. Defunct trophies <laughs> that, from Aberdeen. That's, that's a level we're on. We're celebrating defunct it trophies. Was, um, I mean, we, you, you I are. You, you went for the Supper Cup as well. <laughs> OK, I've heard the arguments. I'm going to have to say Hibs 2, Aberdeen 1. We didn't have metaphors in our day. We didn't beat about the bush. You're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Right now, it's time for this. Yes, it'll be Jim White on the night. Jim's going to list a series of clues about the identity of someone from the world of football. All you have to do is guess who. Feel free to dive in with your answer. First one to guess correctly gets the two goals that are up for grabs. Here's Jim with the first clue. Who am I? A Canadian university offers a course studying my life and career. Anybody? Canadian university studying his life and career. Anybody want to get in? Alex Ferguson, getting a no. Let's go have another clue, please, Jim. A galaxy has been named after me. Galaxy has been named after this player and there is a university course about him. David Beckham. David Beckham we've gone for. No, it's a big no. Let's go for another clue, please, Jim. In 2006, I launched my own underwear range. Anybody want to guess at that? Yes. Ronaldo. Ronaldo, let's find out. I am Cristiano Ronaldo. Well done, James Brown in there with a goal. Lovely goal, Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's do this one more time. Jim, could we have the first clue, please? Who am I? I've played for clubs in England, Italy, the USA and India. Who am I? Played in India. Anelka. Anelka. Gone, Nicholas Anelka. Nope, no other guesses. Let's have another clue, please, Jim. I began my professional career with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Anybody want to guess? Played in India and the USA. Nope, let's Robbie, go. Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. 
Let's find out from Jim. I am Robbie Keane. He is Robbie Keane. James Brown with 100% there. Two goals smashed in. A brace. Well done, James. How did you know that, James? How did you know those? Where did you get it from? Because I just know that he started his career at Wolverhampton. OK, that makes it Aberdeen 3, Hibs 2. I'm Jim White. I enjoy a cartwheel celebration after scoring. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as... Sporting Heretics. It's Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to renounce convention and share an idea they think will change sport for the better. Previous suggestions have included ball boys taking penalties, a transfer window for fans and even abolishing half times. Nothing is off the table as we think the unthinkable and rattle the cages of sports moral guardians and upset the sporting snowflakes in our midst. James, we're going to start with you. And you think there should be no more sporting freebies? Well, I don't mind that because obviously most of us sitting around this table probably getting at the press box every now and then or we have friends or players whatever give us tickets. But I think that footballers particularly should have to make their own way into the ground. They should have to pay to get in or blag in. They shouldn't be allowed just to walk into their own events. They should have the same experience that the rest of us do. You know how difficult it is to get tickets. It's not just a matter of buying them. And you broaden it to any sport. John Cena wouldn't struggle to get into the wrestling. Anyone doing the pole vault wouldn't, or the high jump wouldn't struggle to get into an athletics event. Mm. But really, it's just a test of the initiative. Can they get in to the stadium they are supposed to be performing at? Right. So what if they can't get tickets? Well, that's the let the team down. So you've got, say, you've got Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. Next, those, next neither summer. Them, neither, it's going to be a hot ticket, James. It's a bad example because neither of those are going to struggle to get through the doors. Oh, right, they, I know, but they can't get tickets to the, to the event. No, they would just force their way it's in. Right, it's not about them? just getting tickets, it's about using initiative. Oh, right, getting into the, another way. I mean, if, if your team is sold out, it's difficult to get tickets. It's it is, yeah. Very lots difficult. and lots and lots of fans spend hours every week. Yeah. And at the moment, their team gets very good calling favours, appealing on social media. I mean, I remember one time just going to a... I think I went to Watford or Luton at 5-3 to three and got a ticket outside. There's a degree of nerve about being able to get in yeah. to a sport. So you think it would show event. that they want to be at the event? Absolutely. It shows yeah. how committed, how inventive they are. Um, I just can't see how it would work. The point of heresy is to go yes. against the perceived wisdom. I don't, yes. The perceived wisdom is that we all show up at Ellen Road or Pitodrio, wherever you've gone to yeah. watch football, and there are the players on the pitch. Yeah. Oh, there's a goalkeeper. I saw him in the car park. Get he was in. really struggling to get in. We'll just make it less predictable and funny. Yeah. You know, or two centre-backs. They couldn't even get into the car park. Yeah. OK, um, I'm going to... I, I, I didn't quite understand it, James, was the problem. Um, well, you don't understand quite... it's difficult to get into a game. Yeah, but I sort of think you need the players there to be able to watch Not the game. all of them. You do need all of them. No, you don't need you all do. of them. I'm going to give, give you one them, goal send just, because, just because you spoke. I'm going to give you one <laughs> goal. <laughs> Dougie, it says here we want to rejig the golfing majors. OK, I'm going to be straight talking here. Golf. It's a short word. But it's a big topic. <laughs> now, last year, or 2019, as some people would have us believe, <laughs> was the first year under this new schedule when the US PGA Championship became the second major of the year in an attempt to try and to try and sex it up a bit, you know, make it more popular, having previously always been the final major of the year. Now, what we need is a complete vault fast, put it back to where it belongs as the final major of the golfing season. Don't mess with the natural order of the golfing diary, which, as we know, is as follows. The Masters, the US Open, the Open Championship, and the US PGA. It's now lost between two other great golfing mm. tournaments, other sporting events, and the Western Hemisphere's summer holiday plans. It's lost like a man with failing eyesight holding a broken compass in a sandstorm. <laughs> it's always going to be the weakest of the four majors, regardless of when it's played. At least give it a chance to shine at the end of the season. I beg of you, restore the natural order. Especially as, as this year as well, they've got the Olympics. 
people are starting to say the Olympic golf tournament is going to become yeah, more more difficult to win than a normal well, don't major. Don't get me started on limits because as I've said on this very show, you could cut half the sports out of that and still have a very enjoyable <laughs> tournament. You have, but that's <laughs> you have said that. Uh, you have said that in yeah. the past. Yes. So your your problem is with the order. You just want to go back to what it was. Listen, you never got more than one Ringo lead vocal on any Beatles album, <laughs> did you? Because yeah. of the three other powerhouses. Although I have to say, some of his solo stuff's all right. It ain't easy from 1971. It's a damn good hit single. <laughs> um, co-written, actually, with George Harrison, but George said, I don't want a credit on it. You just put it as written by oh, Ringo dear. Starr. It's distracting now. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? It's more interesting than the golf bit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get you to forget that. I know, yeah. <laughs> but, but bizarrely, Ringo Starr is actually an anagram of the USPG. Oh, yes. Which yeah. brings yeah. us back yeah, to my yeah. initial point. Yes, of course. Um, once again, one goal for speaking. OK. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tough this week. I'm going wow. tough this week. Why not? Ali, you're my favourite. You're my second favourite. Natalie's my favourite. We know that. You're saying yeah. teams should be able to play the Joker. We all grew up watching It's a Knockout here. I think we're of yes. that age. Yeah. Most exciting part of the show, suddenly they introduce some local in fancy dress <laughs> as a jester. Yeah. And suddenly the points tally doubles. Oh. Do this with football. That's a great idea. So the chairman's got to dress as the simpleton. Lovely. Comes on with a little pig on uh, a pig's bladder on a stick. <laughs> yeah, or a pig. Bops the referee. Suddenly six points at stake. Love it. Oh. Yes, they have to chase the referee. Yeah. To catch him. Humiliation is involved. Yes. But you can only do it against the top half of the team, okay. the table team. How many times a season? Just once. Just once a season. It changes the whole dynamic. It does. Though. If you, you've got one chance of doubling your points. Don't undermine this. No, I'm not undermining what I'm just because it's a really good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea, it's isn't good. it? It's better than mine, and it's, it's great. I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, it's what I, I want to know is if you can only this. play it against the teams in the top, is the double points only the, for your own goals? So if you lose 3 0, does the opposition get six no, points? Nothing. Just, just for yourself. Just for yourself. Just, it's oh, a knockout wow. rules. So we've. Okay. Oh, okay, oh, so you yeah, get yeah, double like points it. you've got. So if you're, you'd only really do it if you were winning. You've got to say it before kickoff. No, if it's 1-1, one, one, yeah. oh, you you've won 2-1. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 if it's 1-1, one, one, you're doubling the points, you get two points. You don't yeah. get one point. Is that right, Ali? It is now I think about it, yeah. <laughs> there we are. I liked it. Three goals for oh, you, Ali. Oh, Charlie, oh, we're actually playing the joke on that round. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. There we are. Uh, Natalie. Natalie, you think Premier League footballers should be more domestic. Well, yes, more domesticated, should we say, because we're always hearing about how Premier League players are so out of touch with the fans, that the amount of money they earn, they're, they're on another planet altogether, and that divide just seems to keep on growing. And yet nobody wants to address the issue. So the idea is quite simple. I'm not talking about reducing wages or anything like that. It's about insisting that when a game is over, the Premier League players take their kits home and wash it. Yeah. Get back to when mm. they used to play the game when they were youngsters, basically. Yeah. And it's not about the kit man or kit woman being out of a job, because they'll still have plenty to wash when you've got training gear, etc., etc. But it's just about bringing humility, should we say, to those Premier League players, giving them more responsibility and just making it look a bit more innocent so we can get back more in touch with the players. Mm, uh, no, I've got a few problems with this. No, there's no problem There are there. a few problems with there's it. No a, I think they wear the kit once and then that's it. Well, that's another problem in itself. That's it. And, but also, there's a huge market in match-worn shirts, in that people want them match-worn. They want them to smell of the player. They want the grass stains on them. But that might not be the shorts and the <laughs> undergarments and all that. The under, so you're saying the, the pants they wear? Oh, everything or has to go the, home. The, the slips. The slips. The slips. The slips. Do you know what? We had something like this at Leeds under Cellino. Yeah. That when he arrived, the first thing he did was empty the swimming pool because it was expensive. And then when the players came in for pre-season, they had to bring their own packed lunch. Bring their own lunch. Because he, he told the ladies that did the catering just to disappear, oh. to save money, until the season until started. Until the season started. Wow. So this is the thing. bringing back down to earth, though, haven't But you? also all those annoying kids with, can I have your shirt, Sadio Mane? We won't have those signs anymore. How good is that? Yeah, that's quite good, actually. To get rid of those signs, yeah, um, I'm all for it. I'm going to give you three goals. <laughs> very, very good. Get rid of those signs. It's a potential leg-breaking tackle, and that's got to be stamped out of the game. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both teams' history. James and Ali, we're going to go back to 1995 and this. Oh, a there. Duncan Shearer's goal secured a 2-0 win for Aberdeen against Dundee to win the Scottish League Cup final. But what else do you remember of that year? Here we go, question one. The match was the 50th Scottish League Cup final to be played at Hampden Park, a ground famous for the legendary Hampden Roar. A study that measured noise levels at the ground during an old firm match saw them peak at 115 decibels, which was higher than an average Premier League match, but 20 decibels lower than the loudest rock band on earth. Can you tell me who are the loudest rock band on earth? Is it A? The Who? Or was it... Vote ahead, or perhaps... Kiss. What do you think? Then I'll go with the other. Will you get fooled again, or will you be the ace of spades? (laughs) I think you're right, because... Surely the how loud they are is how big their amps are. Oh. And Motorhead are nowhere near as big as the Not Who. Always. Should we go for the Who? The, the Who. The Who? The Who. Let's find out. Yes, Kiss. Kiss hold the record for being the loudest rock band on earth with a concert that measured 136 decibels, which is equal to a military jet taking off. Okay, let's go to question two. Blackburn Rovers won the Premier League title, breaking transfer records as they did so, one of which was the signing of Tim Flowers from Southampton, who became the most expensive goalkeeper in British football. But who did he replace as the priciest keeper? Was it A, Neville Southall, Berry to Everton, or B, Nigel Martin, Bristol Rovers to Crystal Palace, or C, David Seaman, QPR, to Arsenal, Southall, Martin, Seaman. I think David Seaman because Arsenal are the biggest club there, are the biggest buying club. They're both London teams, so the prices are higher. And also, that is the biggest move of the three. QPR were a Premier League yeah. team at the same time, so I would go Seaman. I agree with that, Ali? Oh, yeah, all the way. The answer is David Seaman. There we are for £1.3 <laughs> on, million. Right. Pounds. 
£50,000, Neville Southall, buried to Everton. What a move that was. And Nigel Martin, Bristol Rovers to Palace, was a million pounds. OK, question three. 1995 was also the year of this. They're the two most popular bands in Britain, having sold millions of records, and they're currently engaged in a chart war that set the music industry alight. Blur beat Oasis to reach number one with Country House, but can you tell me which single was at number three behind Oasis with Roll With It? Was it A? I love the baby. I Love You Baby by the original, if you couldn't work that out from the lyrics. Or B. That Was Never Forget by Take That. Or C. Waterfalls by TLC. Which do we think it was? Well, look, James was the 90s, so whatever oh, answer he comes up with is correct. He I was no, the 90s. I got he was there, the wasn't decade. he? I didn't pay any attention to those charts. What do you think? You knew all the songs. You and Natalie were singing along with them. <laughs> Especially <laughs> we TLC were, and Take we That. Were. Don't pretend you weren't, Ali, because you were. Well, I was, you know, I had a bit of a moment there. Natalie was uh, doing the Never think? Forget Hat. Can song? you work it out who... I, I don't think it would be Take That. Too obvious. I think they've just thrown that in because they think we're a bunch of fossils and we won't recognise any of them unless they shove in take that. Okay, so what are you going with? <laughs> the first one. I Love You Baby by the original. I Love You Baby. Let's find out. Waterfalls by TLC. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Great advice, of course. Okay, you scored one goal, which makes it eight all. Natalie and Dougie, we're going to go back to the year 2006. Mm. And this. Alan Corn with an absolute hammer. Come on to Fletcher. It's a moment of personal tragedy in the football intense for Alan Corn. And Stephen Fletcher nets the fifth goal. He couldn't believe it. The Hibs fans couldn't believe it. Kilmarnock are torn apart. It's Kilmarnock one, it's five. Stephen Fletcher's second goal sealed a 5-1 demolition of Kilmarnock by Hibbs at Hampden to lift the Scottish League Cup. But what else do you remember of that year, 2006? 2006 was also the year of this. And an incident that might have passed off initially without a card ends in Rooney being sent off. Echoes of Beckham in St Etienne eight years ago. And now England are up against it. Wayne Rooney was sent off in England's World Cup quarter-final against Portugal. But can you tell me who was the first England player to be sent off at a World Cup? Was it A? And Robson. What a goal from Brian Robson. That was a magnificent goal. It was Brian Robson or was it B? Fight with Wilkins. Absolutely magnificent from Ray Wilkins. Ray Wilkins, or perhaps... Will it be Beckham? It is David Beckham! David Beckham. Rather embarrassingly, this, uh, this involves an ex-Hibs player, Ooh. Ray Wilkins. Uh, because Brian Robson obviously remembered for certainly the quickest England goal in a World Cup, 82 against France, uh, but it was 86. I can't remember which game it was. Was it one of the first two games when England, I think, drew the first two games in 86 and they had to win their final one, didn't they? 3-0. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Ray Wilkins. It's Ray Wilkins. He was the first English player to be sent off at a World Cup. Very confident. Let's find out. Ray Wilkins has been sent off. And Ray Wilkins leaves the field, one has to say, in disgrace. I think worth, worth saying about ex-Hibs and England international Ray Wilkins, one of the great footballing voices. Mm. Uh, I don't think it was any mistake that they did get him on Football Italia as a pundit. Should have got into audiobooks, uh, perhaps some radio advertising as <laughs> Lovely, well. Yeah. Yeah, very soothing. Uh, Ray Wilkins was sent off during the 1986 World Cup against Morocco. The first England player to be sent off was Alan Mullery in 1968. Here we go, question two. The 2006 World Cup was the tournament where England's so-called golden generation failed to live up to their potential. But can you tell me where the phrase the golden generation was first used? Was it A, by Cambridge University, to describe the generation of Footlights members that included Stephen Fry and Emma Thompson? Was it B, by the US media, to describe the British invasion of beat groups in the mid-60s? Or C, 
by the Portuguese media to describe a group of players who won the World Youth Championships in 1989 and 1991. Wow. Oh, already, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going Portuguese here. Do you know what? I was thinking the exact mm. same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm quite happy to This is why that. we're working well as a team, I think. I know, you? I think so. Um, There's no disharmony on this side. I just can't <laughs> see, see in, in the, I don't know, late 70s when punk was coming on the scene and you had all these fanzines for instance and in these fanzines which were getting sold in the Bowery people were going ha, ha, we're going to show that so-called golden generation of Herman's Hermits and Rolling Stones and the Beatles what real music is um, so I can't really see that and the Cambridge Footlights Yes, they were a golden generation, but I don't remember ever reading or seeing anyone no. refer to them as that. No, I feel it's Portuguese. Um, yeah. <laughs> Should we go with it? Yeah, that I think both so. Our, our hunch. So. You're going to go Portuguese. with your hunch. Here we go. The answer is the Portuguese media mm. describing a group of players who won the World Youth Championships in 1989 and 1991. Question three. Which TV institution came to an end that year? Was it A... Grandstand, or was it B? News at 10, or was it C? <laughs> Top of the Pops. Oh, <clears throat> oh. Big uh -huh. into music, aren't you, Dougie? You're a huge music fan. Yes, so big much, grandstand fan. So much so that I own a VHS with James because we uh, own it. You co-own it. <laughs> you, what is it? Radio <laughs> Rentals, is it? About nineteen two fifty each a week. Nineteen ninety on Channel Four, they did this documentary on Manchester. Obviously, everything that was happening there, and James walked into Dry Bar. Uh, I think with maybe Andrew Collins and into the toilets and started no. talking about some red barrier. But you were you were you were in that. It was ITV. You were, it was ITV. <laughs> Take a point mm. off for that. Uh, yeah. so, sorry, yeah. I was going to say there's a lot of facts of yeah. But I still have I still have that uh, that VHS. That news at ten, if you listen to it in full, is amazing. It's a banger, is it? It's like the sound of the beginning of war. <laughs> and that oh. da 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 trombone. That's at the end of it. Because oh. there's a whole passage of music okay. before that. See, I think Grandstand finished before 2006. I do, I do. I think the News at 10 is a confusing one because that seems to come and go quite mm. a lot. You know, then the BBC are moving theirs till 9 to 10. You get, oh, does the ITV one still exist and all that? Top of the Pops, 2006 sounds right for for, uh, for, for Top of the Pops, I think. Mm. Um, but again, Natalie is the captain. No, I agree yeah. about Grandstand. I feel that was a, a lot earlier. News at 10, hmm. But, um, no, if you think, I'm happy the, to go to the top of the box. On the subject of Grandstand, there is a fantastic YouTube video of the chap whose name escapes me, who, who wrote the theme tune, playing it live with a full band and orchestra at the Jazz Cafe in Camden. Oh, Just Google it on YouTube, you'll watch the whole thing. It is incredible. Incredible. I am 100% doing that after yeah. the show. Fantastic. So your answer is... Top of the Pops. Top of the Pops. Let's find out. Full house there for you and Natalie there, yeah, Dougie. Strong round, um, strong round. And Keith Mansfield wrote the grandstand theme tune of just. Yeah. And Keith just Wright scored that. the winning goal for Hibs in the 1991 League oh. Cup final. I wouldn't say it was a confidence issue, he just seemed to lack belief in himself. Here on this show, we like to venture into unseen areas, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face an inquisitive general public as we play A Question of Sport Time. Can we have our first question, please? Hello, I'd like to ask the panel, what do you no longer see in sport that you'd like to see return? Ali Ross. The half-time scoreboard. Oh, lovely. I used to love that. There's a real sense of jeopardy there. Yeah. The <laughs> guys putting the score up. As, as they went, like, yeah. what, with, num with numbers and yeah. live numbers. Like well, a cricket my mate scoreboard. used to do the scoreboard at St Andrews for the Open. And just for a laugh one year, he put a hole-in-one for Tony Jacklin. <laughs> and he said 120,000 people went berserk. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to take it back down again. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> he bogeyed it. Half-time oh, yeah. school, but I like that very much, yeah. Um, so what, a, I, I don't really remember that, like a little it would just person be in one, would come out. One and... corner of the ground, they would have the half-times up. Like the, hymns, like the hymns in a church. Exactly. And like a, a little cricket score 
And it would, yeah, okay, it would yeah. relate to a letter which was in the program. Oh. So, for instance, Dundee United versus St. Mirren would be A. Couldn't fit the names of the actual... Actually put A, 2-0. Yeah. Also no. drove up yeah. programme sales. So you have to get the programme in order to have a look at what was going on. No scoreboard. Thing, isn't it? I missed that already and I didn't even see it. Business acumen. I like that very much. I'm going to give you three goals Charlie, for that. those scoreboards, when everyone else had digital, when, when Leeds had Hasselbank, I remember going to um, Hillsborough, and they still had that as an actual full scoreboard. <laughs> They've like, still got it now. With somebody putting their hand out and like pushing the sc- the letter along. Well, it's yeah. Anfield and Old Trafford don't have screens, though. They won't have the big screens for the no. VAR. It's as we know, Hibs being trailblazers that they are, Hibs were the first team in Scotland to have an electronic scoreboard. It went on top of the cow shed. It worked for half a season and then never again. <laughs> Great fact, story. great fact, and hips based. A bonus goal for you there, Doug. Well, just trying to pepper with there some hips based facts. What? Though, yeah. That's the way it goes. Uh, James, <laughs> That's the way it works. Uh, what do you no longer see in sport that you'd like to see return? I liked it uh, at football grounds, and I mainly experienced it through photographs. Um, when you'd see big crowds of people on the hills looking through gaps in yes. the stands. Lovely. Another version of that is people on the top of blocks of flats. Yes, yes. It's a great reflection on how important sport, normally it would be football or cricket, Yeah. how important those fixtures are for those people. And I think those photographs or that experience, if you if you have a listener and you've been up the top of a hill or a, a tree, on top yeah. of some flats or up some trees you're all climbing the stanchions that the floodlights were on. Yeah. Too many people <laughs> on platforms they shouldn't be on yeah. because they love... Get the, the wrong train. Yeah, love. I love that, James. Listen, I'm, really... I'm not here to garner any extra points. But <laughs> <laughs> can we get our points first? Whilst he's still enthusiastic, James. I think it's a great, great answer. I'm going to give you three goals. The Thank maximum you. of six goals. Thank you. You got there, Natalie. What do you no longer see in sport that you'd like to see return? Um, I would like to see the FA Cup semi-finals taken away from Wembley <laughs> because great I loved the fact that. It was all about reaching Wembley for Ugh. the final, the showpiece, the, the iconic venue. And it's been taken away because so many other football matches are staged at Wembley. It's murder, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's a purely financial decision yep. that spoils any sort of magic. And they wonder why the magic goes. It drives yep. me nuts. It should be yep. in Villa Park. Natalie, it was a beautiful answer. I think, in fact, it was the answer. Ah, so you. I'm going to give you three goals. Dougie Anderson. I miss an old school dugout. And the scrambles mm. contained therein, the sheer spectacle of seeing people hitting their heads on the concrete roof while <laughs> sitting 20 feet below sea level in something that did resemble a World War II beach defence position, perhaps in Normandy. And um, it was truly a sight to behold because now the so-called bench or technical area, isn't it? It's like an upmarket doctor's waiting room, isn't it? You've got comfortable place to be, you've got the heated seats, a yeah. selection of isotonic drinks. You wonder if some players would rather be there than on the pitch. Not so in the old school dugout, because it's back to basics. It will focus players on what's important and why they started playing in the first place. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's, a, it's a great answer. Um, I don't. I wouldn't go back to those old, sort of, they're like Nissan huts, aren't they? Or like concrete... You just see the, the, the player, the, the player, a sub perhaps, the old physiotherapist just peeking out. Yeah, like yeah. literally yeah. dug yeah. out, look, doesn't it? Yeah. I think this, he's gone with a luxury answer there because um, Natchel and I both support teams in the championship and yeah. loads, of, loads of the dugouts are just old brick sheds. Yes, yeah. you should come down to the National League, you'd see it. At Cambridge United, John Beck moved the dugout down the touchline okay, so what we're towards the corner flag. <laughs> the opposition. The, the away dugout was moved down the touchline. Oh. So what we're saying is my answer was a bit too high, bro. <laughs> I'm going to give you two goals. Two goals, Dougie. I liked it, but it was a bit too Premier League based. Uh, unfortunately. In the world. In the world. In the world. Extra point for that Excellent. lovely fact. A lovely fact there. Yes. Okay. Most, most recent the dugout at Elemental. Might lose it. We just had a dugout this weekend. Not interesting. Take that point off. There we are. What a shame. Edit that bit out. (laughs) Now, in the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Losing side goes first. It's currently a draw. I'll flip a coin. Ali Ross, heads or tails? Tails. It's tails. First or second? First. Going to go first. I'm going to list the title of a number of sports biographies 
All you've got to do is tell me which are true or false. And when your time is up, you'll hear this sound. Peter Crouch. You ready? Do we understand it? Fair enough. Here we go. Your time starts now. Darren Anderton, take note. False. It's true. Luis Suarez, bite size. False. false. It's false. Shane Warne, worn out. False. It's false. Alan Brazil, there's an awful lot of bubble true. in Brazil. True. Neil Warnock, the art of war. Knock. No. False. It is false. Barry Fry, Big Fry. True. This is true. Josie Mourinho, how to win friends and influence people. False. False. This is false. John Walk, walk on. True. It's true. true. Alan Hansen, tall, dark and handsome. True. It is true. Kevin Peterson, KP's not nuts. False. false. It is false. Gary Lineker, strikingly different. True. It's true. Judy Murray, mum's the word. True. It's false. Sean Gota, feed the goat. True. It is true. Gary Monk, the frying pan into the fryer. False. It is false. Niall Quinn, a trip down the River Nile. False. false. It is false. Alan Ruff, the rough and the smooth. True. It's true. Lionel Messi, my left foot. <laughs> false. false. It is false. Rob Jones, robbed. False. false. Peter Crouch. It's true. So at the end of that round, you scored 15 goals. Amazing. Takes you to 37. Aberdeen on 37. Next up, it's Hibs. I'm going to list a series of people who are previous winners of Sports Personality of the Year. All you have to do is tell me which are true and which are false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. Jermaine Genus. Are we ready? Yes. Yeah. Your time starts now. Dean Windass. False. It is false. Princess Anne. True. It is true. James Hunt. True. Oh, it's false. Mm-hmm. Zara Phillips. True. Yes. Lennox Lewis. True. It is true. Mike Tyndall. False. It is false. Eric Bristow. False. It is false. Paul Gascoigne. True. It is true. Frank Bruno. False. It is false. Lester Piggott. True. It's false. Michael Owen. False. It's true. Alan Shearer. False. False. Alex Higgins. True. It's false. Greg Wazedski. True. It is true. Phil the Power Taylor. False. It is false. Joe Calzaghi. True. True. It's true. Chris Froome. False. It is false. Jeff Boycott. True. It's false. Bradley Wiggins. True. It is true. Anthony Joshua. False. It is false. Ryan Giggs. True. It is true. Harry Kane. False. It is false. Mark Cavendish. True. It is true. Torval and Dean. True. It is true. Barry McGuigan. Jermaine Genus. Barry McGuigan. True or false? False. You've gone false. It's true. Oh, Natalie. I've got to just say this. All of their questions were two words. <laughs> All of our questions what? were a minimum of five words. It's a coin toss. Leeds. That is a fair challenge. Leeds United. They Mike, had six Mike more Tindall. questions Leeds than us. United. <laughs> Charlie, oh, they had six God. more questions than us to get right or wrong. It was a toss of a coin, heads or tails. You chose the first one. That cannot be rigged. Can I just Stole take the out the elephant in the room for there a was, second? Hold on a minute. We live in a world where Michael Owen won Sports Personality of the Year and Alex Higgins didn't. Well, <laughs> there we are. So at the end of that round, you scored 19 oh, goals, which takes you to 41, which means Hibs win 41 to 37. Losers, Aberdeen, Well, but any positives you can take at all? Positives? Yeah. Lost to Hibs. You want positives? <laughs> <laughs> Flipping Hibs. There we are. And Natalie? Dougie, any, any uh, message you think that sends out to the rest of the uh, Glory Hunters public? I think it's shown again that Hibs, uh, here at the Hibs family, uh, we're, we're obviously very proud. I'm, I'm proud that Natalie became a Hibby today. Absolutely. Yes. I, you know. I really felt like I was. You'll take them on as your team now, Natalie. I might do. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I, ha- I didn't say it, but I have seen Hibernian in action. Oh, I think they're your in team the now. Edinburgh Derby. Oh, did, did we win? I actually can't remember the score. I've so got to say, ago. put my pragmatic hat on. The, the segue from Brentford to Hibs is one that I think could be made with it, relative it, ease. It could be pretty good. I think, I think they're your team now, Natalie. Well done. Thank so, you, to our winners, we say... Glory, glory to the Hibies. We are the Hibies boys. And for the losers. Those who drown, then uh, they don't deserve to stay on the ship. My thanks to Natalie, James, Ali and Dougie. Until next time... From myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. So there we are, Hibs, victorious. You've won something this season. Well, we had to do something, didn't we? (laughs) No, I generally feel a bit more proud than I thought I would. Not that I was taking it too seriously, but I will do in the future for sure. James Brown was taking it very seriously. Very angry about it, by the way. To be fair, Dougie has got four pages of typed script. (laughs) Yeah, because he does the prep. Ali is just... Flying by, no notes, nothing. Everyone does it their own way, James. It's over. Just how it is. James coming across as a a, a feisty young Billy Bremner there. (laughs) Now, we set a question on Twitter 
And this was it. On the show, we discussed what we no longer see in sport that we'd like to see return. We also posted that question on Twitter. We had a variety of responses. Here's a few. Uh, Mitch got in touch. Groundsman running onto the pitch with buckets of white paint to touch up the penalty spot. Mm-hmm. It was always nice, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I can only remember that happening once. Baseball ground, wasn't yeah, it? Baseball ground, yeah, baseball ground, yeah. Lovely, yeah. Rock Scout. Toilet roll being thrown across the stands. Not at the moment. Well, of course. Of course, that wouldn't happen. Um, Elliot Brown. Players doing a pretend header when they run out of the tunnel. Oh, that, does, yeah. that doesn't seem to happen yeah, as yeah. much. Yeah, Why is that? Charging out. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Let's go really get into it. <laughs> it's because they're all holding children's hands. They are these days. That is yeah. true. Police showcasing the skills of police dogs as part of the pre-match entertainment. Mm. That was always... Mm. What, any oh, pre-match, what pre-match ends did you have at Aberdeen? I went, I went to see Scotland play Slovakia two years ago and there was a display of falconry at half-time. Oh, yes. I love that. Oh, Bloody great eagle coming down from the main stand, Ooh. swooping, picking up or bits of meat. a falcon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tremendous. Correct, Charlie. <laughs> no, I think in Scotland... I've been to Slovakia to see... Well, then, in Scotland, it... it was it in Scotland? No, if it's, it's falconry, it's oh, falconry. Okay. It's in Slovakia. You would think. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't even in Bratislava either. Okay. Tremendous amount of people wanting to see the return of brass bands, which would be good at half time these days, a brass band. Right. I remember one year before the cup final, they had to delay it because the, one of the uh, musicians in the brass band had lost a stud from his boots. Really? Yes. Is this a story? Half, either at half time or at the beginning. It was a, they were like spikes, like runners. Oh, I don't like the sound Stop of them slipping. One of, one of the great problems with new stadium designs is that kids these days, for the most part, unless you're watching them from the lower leagues, um, they'll never have that joy of winding your way to the ground with only the floodlight pylons to guide oh, you. Oh, yeah, lovely, lovely. Okay. Yeah. A lot of support for a, a five-hour build-up on TV for the FA Cup final. Just as many saying the FA Cup should return to a 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff. Yep. Yeah, it's a dying competition unless something's yeah. done. Exactly. Very, Drastic. very good. There we are. We've saved football. Thank you for listening to Glory Hunters. We'll see you again next week. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.